Today's podcast is brought to you by Fixed Ops Digital. It's no secret, people are keeping their vehicles longer. As vehicle sales soften and profit margins continue to tighten, your dealership success will greatly depend on your ability to increase service revenue while focusing on long-term customer retention. At Fixed Ops Digital, we specialize in online marketing for service, parts, collision, and tires. Fixed Ops Digital are also the creators of Dealer Wallet, a digital conversion tool designed for dealerships to service customers with a digital-first experience. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash fixed ops. And thank you. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. All right, everyone. We are here. We have made it. Welcome to this week's Mobility Tech and Connectivity Show. This is our live weekly webcast on how we are connected and the way we get around. I am Ryan Girardi. Thank you for joining us. Today is Wednesday, September 18th. So happy hump day to you and respect day. Yes, today is respect day. There are no rules surrounding ways that you can celebrate respect day this year. And who better to have on respect day than Mr. Terry Lancaster himself. Hello, my friend. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Show a little, baby. Show a little. Get the dance going. Good call. Good yeah. call. So you're not in your old romping grounds today. Where are no, you? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't have any stuffed animals behind me. I no am at the, <laughs> I'm at the uh, Harris Cherokee Casino in Cherokee, North Carolina at uh, How to Sell 30 Cars in One Month Convention over here today. Okay. How to Sell 30 Cars in a Month. How to that's Sell like... 30 Cars in a Month. That's, that's, that's the objective. That's like pretty elemental, isn't it? That's, elementary. Uh, that's, that, that, that's pretty good. That's a, that's a good six figure income. And, uh, most, uh, most everybody should go. I was just looking for, but that's for the individual, deal. not the dealer. That, that's for the individual, not the dealer. Right. For an indi- individual. I was just looking for the Ali Rita book that I have somewhere, but I couldn't find it today. Um, Ali's is how to sell a hundred cars a month. That's the yeah. name of the book. <laughs> yeah. That's perspective for you. Yeah. Well, listen, big day today. We have a couple of guests lined up. We're going to break today's show into three segments. Uh, Big news out there, the drone strike in Saudi Arabia uh, has spiked oil prices. I tell you, before I knew about the drone strike, I was going to get gas, and I noticed that the gas was up 35 cents. And I pay attention to gas prices, and a 35-cent spike overnight was (laughs) – I I was like, what the heck happened? And then found out about it. So uh, pretty big impact. So we'll talk about that. Uh, Four degrees to sell canvas to fair. Exciting news there. We talk about fair uh, a few times up here, um, but not so much Ford and Canvas. Other big news, Cox Automotive uh, is investing, has invested $350 million into the EV maker Rivian, who we've brought up a few times. And then uh, more of an, a somber note, GM's got a huge strike going on. So uh, all things we'll talk about in the third segment of the show. Uh, we're also going to be looking at with a couple of guests, we have Tony Gomes, from Honda Americas coming on in just a moment. We're going to take a look back at the Takata airbag recalls that affected not just Honda, but I think 19 manufacturers across the board. And Tony and his team were uh, the orchestrated uh, team behind 
uh, how to handle that on Honda's side. So he's going to come and share his story with us a little bit. And then also we'll be looking at enlisting your service technicians for proactive growth. And for the second segment, we have Ashik Kartham from a company called Mize uh, to talk with us about that. So let's go ahead and get started. Today's show is brought to you by the Automotive Warranty Management Summit. And uh, we'll, you'll hear us talk about that summit uh, throughout the event today. And shouts out to Pam Walter for lining up uh, Tony and Ashik as well. So Tony, hopefully you have your camera ready to go. I do. Great. Let's go ahead and get you on the air. There we go. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thanks for having me. And thank you. You're dialed in from headquarters in Torrance, California, right? That is correct. Great. Great. Well, welcome here. So, Tony, what I'm going to just ask is what you can share with us about the recalls. I'll let you kind of frame that. And, uh, Terry, hopefully you can chime in a little bit. And while you guys yeah. are talking, I'm going to go ahead and just check some dials and, and whatnot on my end while, you, while we uh, uh, kick things off with you, Tony. Okay. So, um, yeah, I wanted to try to go through like a chronological list starting in 2015. And uh, at any given time, Terry, uh, you know, just chime in if you got a question. Oh, sure. um, but what I wanted to say is that uh, this is probably the largest recall, the largest recall in automotive history that we've had. And fortunately or unfortunately, Honda had the largest piece of it. So we had to move quickly to make sure that we got with the customers to do this. It started with 6.2 million. Um, I would like to say that uh, when I took over this task to do this four years ago, uh, top management support was absolutely uh, unbelievable. Uh, they, Tony, yes. it, it, explain a little bit about what, what was going on with Airbags, because this is what I found interesting because it, it's, it was a dramatic thing that they were having to recall them for. Yeah, so the, the uh, issue is, is that older vehicles from 01 to 03, particularly in the southern states, which was later categorized as the A zone of the United States, there was an A and a B and a C. In the A zones with the high humidity, uh, if you've ever seen an inflator, they have very small holes around the outside of them. So if humidity got in there and over the years uh, compromised the inflator, what we later found is that because of that, should you get in an accident uh, and hit something, the inflator would actually rupture. Right. So early on, you probably recall that we started to have people have those ruptures and die. And from the uh, investigation from that, those uh, early warning cars were uh, as alphas. Yeah. And so the older vehicles were known as Alpha, and the biggest push we had of the 6.2 million, obviously, was to go get the Alphas. There were our right. risk vehicles. Yeah, and that, I mean, so when they were exploding, they were throwing shards of glass into the cabin of the shards of metal into the uh, in the cabin of the vehicle. People were dying from that, and then then Honda got involved and jumped in. That is correct, and that's when uh, we put them together. Uh, Actually, we put a task force together because yeah. we did not know what we're going to do to go after this. What we learned early on is the people weren't responding as quickly as we would like them to. That became our biggest focus. 
So the task force was the whole division would meet. And I ran the task force every Wednesday from 10 to 12. Uh, there were no set invitations. I invited everyone to come who had an idea, who, who had just wanted to brainstorm. From that, we came up with ideas like all of our trucks running down the freeways that deliver our parts every night have uh, the big labeling on the back about recalls and how to uh, take care of a recall. We actually made window stickers to put on the back of all of our vehicles, uh, letting people know that there's a recall and we have to take care of those. Uh, business cards were made. Uh, so any of us that saw a car that we knew was at risk, we would leave our business cards uh, on the window. So many yeah. things happened, Terry, to try to spur uh, making that happen. Yeah, because if people get the recall notices in the mail, I mean, you get hundreds of them. You never know what it is. And people just ignore that a lot of the time. So, Well, they just think it's, it's spam mail. They just think, right. that, hey, the thing comes in, they throw it in the trash. And, I mean, we had some very, very strong lettering uh, on these things, and uh, people were still weren't doing it. So from that, uh, that's where if you've heard about the uh, canvassing across the country, mm-hmm. you're familiar with that. Uh, we did that. Uh, the task force actually started an experiment and started working with going door to door and seeing why are these customers not coming in. And so from that, we started developing standard operating procedures. We started to understand how to do it with the badging of us and all that going into neighborhoods. And uh, that thing uh, actually escalated up to a nationwide canvassing effect because customers just weren't coming in. Yeah. And how, how many Hondas were affected? Uh, we started with 6.2 million. Yeah. And we went up to close to 19. Wow. So, uh, and today I'm proud to uh, say that we're at 73% repair rate on all vehicles. Uh, so we're very, very pleased with everything. The alphas are down to a, a minimal amount. Uh, the newer vehicles with them, uh, the customers are coming in more readily because they got newer vehicles. They get a recall and they say, right. oh, sure. So they come on in and they get it repaired. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think you learned? I mean, what, what, what are you ready to do? What has prepared you better for the next time? There's some recall. Is the task force standing now? You have uh, you have uh, the guns ready to fire when they're needed. Well, you know, Honda has a, uh, has the ability that we call uh, Kaizen. It's a Japanese firm that our term that we use for seven step process for yeah. continuous improvement. And so we've documented all of this and yeah. we've shared it all. And now we know uh, all the things that have been successful. We know all the things that we failed at. And uh, as we move forward, we'll continue to do that. I tell you, Terry, the one thing that's the most predominant a customer can't see it's broken. Right. They don't think they need to. That's right. It's not a problem till it's a problem. That's exactly right. So they couldn't see the inflator. We would call and tell them, but because they didn't understand that it was broken, yeah, uh, they come in to get a fix. Yeah. So you just had to knock on doors and help the federal. So and how were the other man? How does how does what Honda was doing? How does that compare to what I mean? Because what 19, 19 badges were were uh, involved in this. Every manufacturer almost or a good many of them. How does uh, how does your your procedure compare to what everyone else did? You think? Well, I think what was very cool about this is that it was a joining force by all manufacturers. It didn't matter 
what your badge was, it mattered that we needed to save lives. And so they meet as a summit. And we've been doing that from square one. We actually have some very sharp people that are assigned to the summit. Uh, They work with NHTSA. They work with all the other OEs. And we openly shared everything we do. And they did as well. Uh, So uh, that's another learning curve that we try to help each other to get there. Because every life is important. It doesn't matter what you're driving. Yeah, for sure. Tony, as far as uh, volume, was Honda affected more than the other manufacturers or about the same? Oh, no. We were affected much, much more. Okay. Much, much more. We had uh, definitely millions that we had to uh, repair. Because it wasn't only a lot of them were the passenger side. Some of these vehicles, we had to do both sides. So that was a very monumental task for us. So amidst all of this, Tony, I'm sure you do other stuff because you have time next month to be at the Automotive Warranty Management Summit, uh, which we've brought up here. Uh, What are your plans for the summit next month? Well, for the summit, I'm probably going to do the same thing, go down memory lane with everybody, but I'll obviously have slides that will display all the things that we've done. Uh, we'll also go through the lessons learned. And then I, as I uh, had commented, we actually made a video. The video was called We Care. And I'm going to share that video because we, we did everything in our power. The video actually goes through our associates who work in the call center. So it was extremely heartfelt because of the struggles of trying to get them in. So we're going to show that video as to the extent of what we did to try to get people to come in and be aware. Okay. Cool. Well, Tony, uh, I find this stuff fascinating. You know, we, we've, we've, we dedicate this show to mobility technology, how we're connected, how we get around uh, and safety issues and, you know, industry shakeups like this uh, have are, are just, I mean, they're phenomenal. Um, and I can imagine the stress, the pressure, everything is just a, just a lot. And it's uh, it's an honor to kind of meet virtually speaking with, uh, you know, the people behind that, such as yourself. I appreciate you coming on and sharing that. Oh, my pleasure. Um, we think very highly of all of our customers and we look at them all as family and we just uh, want to make sure that, that we do everything to uh, help them. Our motto in closing is that we want to be a company that society wants to exist. So with that, I will close my segment. I like that motto. Have a great day, Tony. Thank you so much. Okay. Yep. Well, very cool. So we'll let Tony go ahead and exit there. And as we segue over to Ashik, I'll just take a moment here, folks. You're tuned in to the Mobility Tech and Connectivity Show. This is our live weekly webcast on how we are connected and the way we get around. This is a live stream on YouTube, so thank you for taking the time to join us here on YouTube. It's also recorded and then featured on the Autoconverse podcast. So if you're tuned in and listening here on the podcast, it's great to have you here as well. I'm Ryan Girardi, and with me today is my good friend, Terry Lancaster. And I I feel like I should know where you're dialed in from, but you're in Charlotte, right? 
Cherokee, Cherokee, North Carolina. Oh, Cherokee, North Carolina. Okay. So Terry is remote, which is what I like about what we do. We use Zoom to, to hold a webinar and stream it live. So shouts out to Zoom for making that possible. Yeah. Um, and to Terry for being able to uh, be so tech savvy. Yeah. Um, so we're going to segue. Yeah. <laughs> These are amazing <laughs> things. It's funny. I hear adults often say, oh, kids are always on their phones. But we as adults are always on our phones too. We 100%. just have a different, I think, use for it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I go to my kids' ball games and I'm, I'm sitting there getting work done, you know, while right. I'm at the game. It's great. Um, before we segue, we're going to bring Ashik in in just a minute from Mize. Uh, if you're subscribed to autoconverse.com, then when we announce the shows, usually about two or three days prior, then you'll get an email. <laughs> with uh, the information about what we have on this week's show. And there's a, uh, the YouTube video, the live stream is embedded. And what you can do is you can set a reminder for yourself to be notified when we go live. And that way YouTube can notify you at that time. And once the show, once the live stream ends, then we, it's unlisted. So you can't actually get uh, the access to the recording unless you have that link. So that's one way to get access to the link. Another way is to sign up for the show. And so right under that post is a link to the sign-up page. And by doing that, we will send you an invite to our Slack member network where we post links to all the archives of the show. And the third way you can get it is by opting in for SMS. And you can do that right now. Just get out your phone and text the keyword autoconverse to 64600. It'll say thank you for subscribing. And then every week, uh, about 15 minutes prior to the show, we'll send a link, a text message with a link to uh, your phone for that. Um, we're going to bring Ashok on right now. So Ashok, if you want to go ahead and bring on your camera, and we're going to be looking about service plans management. And then for our third segment, we'll, we'll, we'll let Ashok go and we'll, we'll get into some current events and news items, lots of big stuff going on today. So Ashok, welcome. Great to have you here. And uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Great to, great to be talking to you and Terry today. And we're all laughing because Terry is from Nashville, but he's in Cherokee today, <laughs> North Carolina. Right. And Ashik is not from Nashville, but you, you are there today. So That's correct. Yes. Where you, where do you, where's your home base for you? Yeah, our company is headquartered in Tampa, Florida. Okay, another nice area as well, if you like humidity, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, great, Ashik. So um, a lot of us know who Honda is, but not so much with Mize. So uh, spend a couple of moments and, and let us know what Mize is. What, what is your company about? Sure. Mize, is a, Mize enables high-value durable products manufacturers, such as automotive, to optimize service experience and then maximize the customer lifetime value, uh, which means like our connected customer experience platform connects consumers, dealers, manufacturers, and suppliers together. So any service interaction, such as warranty, parts, and service can be enhanced, and then also generate additional revenue opportunities for its service plans, service parts, and related products and services. Is there a social networking component to it? More than social networking, we definitely see our platform connecting customers, consumers, dealers, and, and also the OEM together on the platform 
so they can have like a shared knowledge as well as in real time be able to interact about different interactions oh that's that's curious i i'd be interested in knowing the frequency of interaction uh, is it strictly around service and warranty because there could be service and warranty but as the products become our cars become more connected it could be generating a lot of other service events that you could interact about it could be about maintenance it could be about other accessories or the usage of the car itself you might get different alerts and things like that so one of the ways we are uh, doing this is increase the number of interactions so customers can be engaged throughout the life cycle that they own the car you know what i'd love to to hear ashik is was there an aha moment that led to the concept or is it something that evolved over time to solve specific problems sure i think previously we were helping to manage more the back end like warranty and service contracts from a back office efficiency perspective as we all realized obviously a few years ago either it is the adoption of the mobility mobile phones by all consumers social networks as well as as cars and other products become more connected what we thought is how do we enable the manufacturers and other companies to leverage these connected technologies to deliver better service we think uh, again there are 200 plus million cars as an install base most of the time the most of the budget with the companies go towards selling the cars what we wanted to enable was how do we monetize this existing in service we generate yeah i don't think that you know are just going to have an hour and a half is all the background talking on your side terry or asha yeah it's on your <laughs> yeah people just walk through it's fine gotcha okay um so talk to us a little bit ashik about enlisting your service technicians for quote unquote proactive business growth i never heard those five words jumbled together in one phrase before sure as as we are know lot of interactions after a product is purchased is with the service department either it is directly with the service technicians or the service managers or the service department they are at the front line of interacting with the customers so one of the things we wanted to do is enable these service people to first deliver a better experience but also use that engagement to offer additional products that may increase the value of the product or increase the convenience for the end customer so we think again if you take from a consumer side we trust the service technicians sometimes probably even more than sales people some cases because we know they are knowledgeable about the cars mm-hmm. what are products that they are repairing or servicing so if they offer certain things to increase the value we are willing to listen or or even follow that so we thought that's an opportunity to be able to leverage that channel and engagement to grow the revenues for the companies i think that's a of growing interest at the tier 3 level right now and this comes up a lot on on some of our educational programs is you know with new car margins pretty much mm-hmm. having evaporated there's real, that leaves dealers with two other ways to drive revenue one's through used cars and, and the other's through fixed stops um so you're probably getting less resistance and more buy in today than you were probably even a year ago 
Absolutely. As you said, the margins on the new products are much lower, but the profit margins on the fixed op or service related revenue is much higher. So dealers, OEMs and the suppliers, everyone is interested in realizing more revenue and profit uh, in those post-sale uh, products and services. And the thing that doesn't get talked about near as much as it probably should be is all of those service interactions, all of that engagement they have in the service department, that drives the next sale. If you can get them active and engaging with the service people, they're many, many more times likely to buy their next vehicle from you. Absolutely. Again, that's what I think consumers see that too. When you take your car to the dealership, if the service person recommends that, maybe it's time to replace the car or talk about the trade-in. So that kind of closes the loop and gets you back into the showroom to be able to purchase the new car. And that's something you are able to keep within the brand or the dealership. So we do think service uh, can lead to more sales, more, more sales of new cars too, in addition to services. So Ashik, you're um, here be, be, uh, because you are a four, this is your fourth year sponsoring the Automotive Warranty Management Summit, which is next month mm -hmm. uh, in Dearborn, Michigan, October 22nd and 23rd. Um, and uh, so you have a presentation prepared uh, for the summit. What are you going to be talking about at the summit? At the summit this year, we're going to have an interactive workshop on how OEMs and suppliers can collaborate on warranty management. And we were talking about the recall previous with the previous guest. A lot of times when there are issues happening under warranty, it's very important that both OEMs and suppliers are aware of it uh, in, in almost in real time, and also be able to collaborate in identifying the root cause and find a corrective action for that. So we, we are going to talk about how a platform can connect OEMs and suppliers for better collaboration, early detection, and be able to react a lot faster to reduce the volume of recalls, as well as improve the quality of the products they are delivering to consumers. Very cool, very cool. Um, well, Ashik, I thank, thank you for taking the time to be here, and I wanna wish you the best at the summit, and uh, we'll probably see you at the summit as well. Thank you for having me, thank you very much. All right, have a great day, Ashik, and folks, we're gonna let Ashik go ahead and and exit out and, uh, and kind of go to our third segment of the show. What I'm gonna do real quick, Terry, is just share uh, our announcement. So if you're subscribed to AutoConversion, uh, you sh should have by now seen our announcement about our media partnership with the fourth annual Automotive Warranty Management Summit, where both Tony and Ashik uh, will be presenting on the subjects that we just talked about. And if you're interested in attending, uh, here's what you can do. Uh, there's a link on that post. I'll put it in the show notes as well. And you can enter our promo code, which is down here, AC19. And there's two types of passes. There's OEM, dealer, and tier supplier passes that are 1,500. And then there's vendor and consultant passes that are 2,000. And with our promo code, either purchase will get you two free dealer passes on top of that. So what will happen is when you enter the code and register, it'll take one penny off of your registration. So you'll actually pay one cent less than what's advertised. And then that'll trigger the system and a representative from the summit will contact you about your dealer, your two free dealer passes. So if the event is something you're interested in, take advantage of that. I, you have to do this, I think, by the end of the month, by September 30th. So you still do have 
a couple of weeks to, to do that and let me know any questions. All right, Terry, let's do this. Yeah, man. I'm going to switch my audio here. The show's just not the same when I can't, when I don't have my headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you? You're in a, uh, uh, like a hall. Or yeah, a- I'm in the hallway, the hallway outside the, uh, the, the meeting rooms. I tried to go outside, but they didn't have plugs and I didn't want my, uh, my phone battery to die while I was doing this. So I, I, I hugged up against the wall and grabbed me a phone cord so we could do this on the phone and it actually right. sounds pretty quiet, relatively. Yeah, relatively speaking, it's 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 much better. It's uh, it's pretty good. Every once in a while, we have a group wander by. You know what we got to get you? I have this. It's an Aki brick. Yeah. Matt Koenig actually gave me this. This thing, I I almost can't live without it. This will keep your phone charged for like a couple of days. Yeah, I have a Mophie. Uh, just uh, I, I didn't. I honestly didn't think to charge my Mophie before I got here. <laughs> Well, internet seems good. Audio video seems pretty good. So, uh, yeah. so great stuff. So yeah, lots of crazy stuff going on. I mentioned That'd the big week, right? Yeah. Uh, the oil strike, uh, I'm sorry, the drone strike. Um, uh, I mean, there's even, I mean, that, that seems to have everybody on edge that this could escalate into, uh, you know, well, you know, you know uh, we, we were locked and loaded there for a minute. That's what the man said. Locked and loaded. <laughs> Freaky thought. So, yeah. um, I think from what I from what I gathered, th- this affected like five percent of the world's oil supply. Yeah, and prices shot up overnight, twenty five, thirty five cents. But here's the thing: we're not even dependent on foreign oil. Like we have an, enough for ourselves, so it's annoying yeah, but- that this affects. It's well, that it affects people us. get all excited about energy dependence and all that, but it doesn't matter because it all affects us. If the prices shoots up in Germany by a dollar, then the oil that they were going to sell us, they're not going to sell us. They're going to sell it to Germany. So it's all, it's all interconnected. There's no, there's no, there's no independence. Every, everything is wired together. It's a, it's a big, wide, connected world. Everything matters. I think that's a good point. It is. It's all interconnected. I'm writing that down in the show note. So, Hey, Mike, the car guy had stopped in Mike, if you're still here, great to uh, see you stop by. I'll be seeing him in a, few weeks at the driving sales executive summit got to find a way to get you there brother yeah um so okay so other news is um ford has agreed to sell canvas to fair now fair is a vehicle subscription solution i would i would say that works at the tier three level but also uh strategically with uh, other partners. What, what do you know about the, this, this sale from? Well, I know, I know, I mean, Ford, Ford has done much like many of the other manufacturers, which they were dipping their toe and dabbling in subscription services. And uh, it's turning out to be harder than they thought. So, and especially for the manufacturer level, the OEM level, because if all of a sudden the manufacturers has, has their own subscription service, then the dealer body is going left wondering, well, what's my role in the job now? So, so I think it's tough on the manufacturers to find out exactly where they fit in this thing. And that, uh, I mean, fair's fair's primary, you know, market is, is they're, they're, they're uh, leasing. It's not subscribing, not leasing. They're subscribing for used vehicles. I think this gives them an opportunity to get more involved at, at the, uh, at, at the OEM level, but that still leaves the question of how is fair selling OEM cars, you know, Ford cars without the Ford 
dealer body. Mm-hmm. So there's a, that's the big question that is in most of the people I talk to about his mind is, you know, where's that leave us? It is a pretty good development. And I was personally skeptical of, of a OEM led vehicle subscription service. They already have leasing. So right. it's, it's kind of like a more flexible option for leasing, but the, but a solution that allows you to subscribe to vehicles and not be tied to a brand just is more flexible. So yeah. it just, I think just innately by that definition alone gives it an edge over being locked into a single brand. Well, it does and it doesn't because FAIR's business model is there. They are a uh, lease slash subscription thing. You can change your vehicle anytime you want as long as you put a new down payment down. So most of the most of the subscription services, you pay X a month and you go, you want to you drive an F-150, you drive an F-150, you drive a Mustang, you drive a Mustang and you just go swap them out willy nilly. I mean, fair services, we're going to drive this three-year-old car uh, for as long as we want for, uh, for a very reasonable payment. But the minute we want to change cars, then we need to come up with a new down payment, which you know, is a couple of months, couple of months lease, a couple of months subscription. So it's a different model. So I'm anxious to see how they integrate it. Yeah, to me, you know, a lot of people say vehicle subscriptions are just another way to lease. Um, it's, maybe it's got some more flexibility, but what it boils down to is no one's going to lose money. The business model won't work if, any, if anyone's losing money. Right. Otherwise, they're going to kill the model. And so ultimately, yeah. the more flexibility you want as a consumer, the more it's going to cost you. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, if, if you want to rent a different car every week, then you have a rental company you can do that with. You might not have the selection that you want, but right. you still have that, that option. So uh, fascinating to see how this plays out. And obviously, that's a, I think it's a, a key indicator uh, that we're kind of getting out of infancy stage of the idea of vehicle subscriptions and getting into um, maybe more of that adolescent stage. Yeah. So other news, Cox Automotive invests $350 million into Rivian. Rivian is an electric vehicle uh, maker. You know, Cox has a mobility, uh, a mobility division. Uh, they yeah, they have a subscription service. Yeah. Yeah, they have that. Uh, they, they also have, you know, they, they kind of sprouted up flex drive and you know, now they're investing into an EV maker. What do you, what do you, what does this say under behind the scenes? What does it say under the surface about Cox? Well, I, th- I think the big thing it says about everything is nobody knows where we're going. So everybody's playing the odds against the odds. And I, I think Cox is they're, they're, they're one, they're willing to, uh, they're, they're willing to irritate some of their dealer base uh, by, by getting in, in the business. They're willing to take a chance that a lot of people may not like because they don't know the direction the, the world is turning. And, uh, and you also got to remember that uh, I assume they're thinking of this on a worldwide basis, that they're investing uh, uh, to, to work worldwide. But, and, and it could be just an investment. Maybe they're not even looking for, uh, for, for participation but it looks like a good investment. Probably a best guess is it's going to be an investment with a, with an active data stream. And that's, that seems to be, that's the money grab on everything. If they can get involved in this, then we're going to get all the data to figure out where everything is going. That's exactly what they're doing with FlexDrive. Yes, they're involved in subscriptions and yes, they're doing all that, but their, their main benefit to them is they've got the data and then they can figure out how to make the money with that. <laughs> That's a good point, man. Uh, that comes up all the time is yeah. we have, I was in a conversation with a colleague yesterday and he was talking about how uh, on the, just on the dealership level alone with their websites that they're, they're putting uh, 
pixels and tags and scripts on their site for all these different companies. And they're paying the companies to do what? They're paying the companies to put their spyware on their website to get all this visitor information. Right. Ultimately, Ultimately, it's jacking up the dealer's prices for their marketing expenses, which is jacking up. It's, it, it kind of tilts everything and yeah. who's winning is, is the companies that are gathering all this data. So that's an astute point. I, I think yeah. that's um, very keen for you to notice that. Now, and I think my, my observation is the, 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 the way, and I, I, this is what I talk about all the time, the way to fight that, the way to fight the coxes of the world and the big data graph that's going on is to do the thing they can't do. And that's to build your relationships face to face and belly to belly, human contact, put a human face on everything, everywhere you can because no one can take that away. I think I just, I think you just nailed your next meme, a belly to belly. Belly to belly right there, baby. Build it belly to belly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And not so great news. GM's got a big strike going on. Could end up costing the GM as much as a hundred million dollars a day. Sounds like close to 50,000 workers across 30 factories in 10 States uh, yesterday. Uh, now are officially on a strike due to a negotiation breakdown. Yeah, and that 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 has a direct impact on me. One of those one of those uh, one of those plants is uh, is seven miles down the interstate from my house, and I have a lot of friends that work in that plant actually. So they're all on strike now, and that's that's four thousand members of uh, of that small community that are out of work, uh, that aren't buying cars, that aren't buying pizzas, that aren't uh, you know that aren't buying groceries this week because they all of a sudden they've gone from making GM money to, uh, to make an unemployment money. And, uh, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's a hassle. So it affects lives. So between that and the drone strikes on the oil reserves, that's some pretty big news in, in a period yeah. of what, three days, three days. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. Well, folks, Ryan Girardi, Terry Lancaster here doing our weekly mobility tech and connectivity show. And uh, we just had, if you missed it, we had Tony Gomes from Honda America's Americas talking about his role in the Takata airbag recall replacement strategy from a couple of years ago that still has residual uh, effects and impact on not just Honda, but all automakers. And, uh, and then we, following him, we had Ashok Kartham from Mize talking about connected services on the fixed ops level and both of them will be uh, appearing and presenting at the automotive warranty management summit next month in dearborn which we announced so rewind if you missed all that terry it's respect day it's also Uh, national cheeseburger day so i'm gonna go respect me a cheeseburger when i get out of here is what i like that and i'm hungry so you just kind of motivated me to do the same thing (laughs) um uh, one final announcement here so Terry, this is coincidental, but Terry and I last month launched the social sales training uh, webcast series to uh, really start gathering presence audience around automotive sales professionals and sales professionals in general that uh, are embracing and utilizing social media, which you should be as part of your process. So we will be on tomorrow, two o'clock central. And talking about the two kinds of automotive salespeople, two kinds of customers that automotive salespeople see every day. Terry, you want to just put your spin on that? So, uh, so there's two kinds of customers, and I don't mean new and used, but the uh, the secret is customers who know you and customers who don't know you. 
And I'm going to tell you the big difference between those two and why you should be concentrating on one instead of the other. That's what we're going to get into is how to leverage that. And you get a basically a taste of Terry's uh, online training workshop for social selling, which is in October, right? Yep. That's my next one. Yep. So that's going on. If you're already subscribed to Auto Conversion, you'll, you should get that announcement soon, but you can go right up there and you'll see that. Go ahead and register for that. If you're interested in the program, it's free and we'll send you an invite to our Slack network and you can become an official uh, member of the Auto Conversion network. And then next week on Tuesday, we are kicking off our fixed ops marketing for auto retail uh, roundtable discussion series. And we are going to be looking at trends, 2020 trends that are threatening fixed ops revenue. So direct tie in to what we have going on here. So lots of great stuff going on. And I should mention time. There's still time to get registered for the driving sales executive summit which is October 6th and 7th. Use our promo code ACDSES19 to get uh, save $100. I'm going to mute you real quick, Terry. To save $100 on dealership passes. If you're not exhibiting, if you're not sponsoring, and you want to attend as an industry ally, uh, let me know because we can save you up to $500 on your industry ally packs. Yes, I said that. We can save you up to $500 on your industry ally packs. So we will be... Uh, we will be running the official media station at the Driving Sales Executive Summit uh, in October. And we'll be looking to line up about 20 different interviews for our partners. Uh, who I'm happy to announce uh, we've partnered up with Dealer Built, DMS Company, and Call Source, and Fixed Ops Digital. We'll be working with those three great companies and, uh, and you, Mike the Car Guy Carrera, uh, as well around the Executive Summit. Any final thoughts there, Mr. Lancaster? Oh, I'm just uh, just about to hit the road. Happy trails to me and get get on get on the road and enjoy a cheeseburger. Hope everyone has a great week and uh, keep selling, keep hustling. Sounds good, folks. Ryan Dreddy, Terry Lancaster, we're going to sign off. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening on the podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you same time, same place next week. I have Eric Brown coming on from Insearch X, and we'll be looking at his new platform called Ask Auto, O-T-T-O. You can check it out now at askauto.com. Have a great rest of the week, everyone. We'll see you soon. This is Autoburst Media.